brain fog, insomnia, moodiness, weight gain. Maybe you think they're just part of getting older, but Midi Health understands that for women over 40, they can all connect to menopause. It's at the root of dozens of symptoms we experience, not just hot flashes. Midi clinicians are menopause experts offering safe, effective, FDA-approved solutions covered by insurance. 91% of Midi patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. The dream was clearer than a memory. And I heard the sound of thundering hooves, splintering shields and ringing swords. And I placed my air upon the Iron Throne. And all the dragons roared as one. I consider the matter urgent. That of your succession. Well, who else would have a claim? The firstborn child. Rhaenyra, no queen has ever sat the Iron Throne. The king has an heir, Daemon Targaryen. I will not be made to choose between my brother and my daughter. Where is duty? Where is sacrifice? Hello and welcome back to Bastards and Broken Things. Yes, oh, it's been yeah. a long time since we said that. that. Yeah, yeah. Remember that? That's what we're called. Uh, a fan critical podcast covering the thing that we began our podcasting adventure with all those years ago. Yes, we are back talking about Game of Thrones. But this time it is a prequel series coming out next week called House of of the dragon Ooh. okay so yeah be excited mm. and it's all about the baratheons <laughs> in a way gareth there are baratheons involved yeah so i'm welcomed as you can hear there welcomed by my uh, fellow lord and lazy gaz of house evans and lucy of house Hello. baron nice all right. how you doing yeah you like that alex of house leonard that's that's good yeah i i actually think our names lend themselves quite well to sound like actual houses in uh, Westeros. I mean, Baron is very... Baron is very legal. good. But you can't be Baron that's Baron, can you? That's no, I'm a lady. A mm. Baron. I'm no, that's Baron. That's a true. Marquess or a Duchess. Well, I think they they work very well. I will say that, sadly, uh, Lady Emma <laughs> and Bronze John, as I'm calling him, <laughs> okay. are still travelling... Up the King's Road, so hopefully <laughs> they will be here for the first review of the season. But sadly, they you know one of their carriages lost lost a little wheel. Mm. Um, the horses, you know, just couldn't get here in time. They they didn't invest in their horses. Yeah, they're so busy their whole eating litter. their horse now because that's that's the sort of yeah. world this is where yeah you know harsh needs brutal. They should upgrade to dragons like we have. Well, that's true. In a way, they bloody well should. You know what side of this civil war are they going to fall on anyway um right how are we doing anyway just out of curiosity lucy you're right hot. you've been ill the last few yeah, times I have. I'm always f- yeah Ill. you're hot um it's really hot here in england bloody hell we mm. always talk about the weather yeah we are english like that is part of our national psyche to talk about the weather but it's yeah extremely mm. hot woke up about mm. seven my phone said it was already 26 degrees so not so pleasant mm. well guess what lucy me and gareth have been getting in the mood for the house of dragons by playing Dungeons and Dragons this morning, oh. didn't we, Gareth? Wasn't that we, fun? We did, yeah, yeah, we did. I'll tell you what, it's funny, just going back to the weather, right? Always. Um, Len and I played, played football yesterday, soccer. I heard Len having a little chat with the with the referee at one point, and he was like, oh, yeah. I'm, fucking, I'm, I'm fucking roasting here, bro. I was like, all right, first of all, don't talk to the referee like that. That's bizarre. Mm. But the he ref... asking me questions. The ref was like... Come mate, it's twelve degrees. It literally was. Yeah. Um, and we're struggling mm. in that heat. So good job we're not back at mm-hmm. home at the moment. Instead, mm. we're here, staying mm. in the shade, playing Dungeons and Dragons. Dungeons and Dragons was good. We actually played a uh, Rick and Morty version of Dungeons and Dragons, so it's very silly. Gosh. And there was a dragon involved. Um, you killed it, didn't you? I will. S- I did. I bloody stabbed it in the head, didn't I, Gareth? And yep. we won the day. Bloody lovely. Well done. Anyway. Let's talk about the show, shall we? Because we are going to be covering this weekly. 
Um, we'll talk about how we're covering it um, at the end of the episode. But uh, it's been a while. I feel like the last time we were all on a Game of Thrones podcast was the finale, obviously, of Game of Thrones. And the sadness at how terribly it ended. Mm-hmm. And I think that anyone who's listened mm-hmm. to our Game of Thrones coverage in the past will know how much we care about the source material and how much we adored the show up to about the final three episodes of the final season. Not to say that there weren't a lot of issues that we could see it sort of unraveling, Yeah, you know, uh, as it got towards the finish line. And you, you can go back and you can listen to to those drunken and hilarious podcasts. I do implore that you do that because some of them are genuinely hilarious. Um, And we love talking about Game of Thrones because, like I said, we're passionate about the world. We're passionate about this universe that GRRM has created. Um, So, guys, are you excited to be back talking about... Do you think enough time has passed, is what I'm saying, that now you can visit Westeros again um, with high expectations... What do you think? Enough time has passed, but I also think I will literally never forget how disappointed I was. And I will sometimes mm. just like sit up in bed and be like, what was the point of making John there to Targaryen and Stark? And then he just goes north of the wall. Like it just, these things just come out. Like, what I will say is, Lucy, just as I interrupt, there are spoilers in this podcast for the end of the Game of Thrones. <laughs> <laughs> Why would you be watching House of the Dragon if you haven't watched Game I of Thrones? Know. I know. Spoiler warning, everyone. I know, Luce. I'm sorry. I kind of hadn't really thought about this show because, you know, lots going on. Um, and then, you, you know, obviously we knew we were doing the podcast on it. So I did watch some of the trailers again. And yeah, I could feel that sort of like a little tingle of like, oh, we're back. We're back here in Westeros trying to just ignore mm. what everything else that happened. Um, and uh, yeah, I think I'm ready. I'm ready to be hurt again. I'm ready. Mm. I think you won't be hurt this time Lucy. I think this show is going to have the we'll talk about it in a bit more detail the best parts of what makes Game of Thrones Game of Thrones um dragons and Gaz are you well no I actually think the dragons are some of the weakest parts of Game of Thrones although the coolest moments I think overall the the real interesting stuff is the politics and Mm. just you know that's going to be really fascinating but Gaz what are you, are you excited to go back to Westeros has it been enough time for you? It has been enough time. And plus, everyone's into politics now, aren't they? It's, um, yeah, big time. Um, but I, I I, am excited. I love, I loved Game of Thrones so much. Like, I, I mean, you know, until, until the wheels fell off. But at the time, it was just easily the best, my favourite show probably ever. Um, you know, my this, bestest show. My, my bestest show. <laughs> my all-time best to show and i loved it mm. and like i fell in love with the books and I've read all of them through twice and i've read yeah you know a lot of the a lot of the other stuff the side kind yeah. of stories the expanded the, universe stuff the, ex- the expanded yeah. universe stuff and it's something that i feel like i know and i care about and i tell you what i can't wait to talk about something that i know and care about rather than yes. fucking more MCU nonsense. Thank you. Yeah. I think it's nice that we can go back to our roots and, like, I know, like, even though it's, quite, like, there's a little bit of, especially when the show was being produced and we knew it's been coming for the last two years, um, not to mention we know of the failed um, yeah. Game of Thrones project, that they spent $30 million on the pilot for The Long Night, which was the set 10,000 years before the events of of Game of Thrones and was um the you know how the white walkers you know attacked the first time um not to mention how it's just it you know it just feels like there was so much apathy towards it like I felt apathetic towards the show already because I was just so scorned by what happened but then when I've been like reading Fire and Blood and rereading some Game of Thrones excerpts and watching some trailers and I'm like, okay, I'm I'm actually happy that now as a podcast we have something to discuss that we are kind of experts in. I would say we we, we know what we're talking about, but I would also say that it's just something that I know that we've had some of our funniest times discussing. 
you know but i i think back to those game of thrones podcasts i listen to them every now and then just just to see how far we've come in terms of production value and whatnot but also just to see the just unfiltered nonsense but also sense that we used to chat to each other it's quite fun um yeah anybody anybody who goes back and listens to them just do be aware that production values are different minimal it was a different time. they are different it, they were but what i will say is having a lot of us in the same room having some beers talking about game of thrones and just theory chat was just some of the craziest stuff we've ever done um but this this series right is a is a prequel so we're talking 200 years before the events of game of thrones at the height of the targaryen rule essentially in westeros so the conquest has happened with aegon the you know the conqueror and then about 100 years after that 120 years or so uh, we are at the events of where this show is taking up um so this is based on a book uh, fire and blood which was released <laughs> and this is the thing that we can talk about now which is quite frustrating this book was released instead of you know winds of winter the sixth installment of game of thrones which we are still waiting for right team it's fucking insane it's never, it's never gonna come it's never it's, gonna come it's like spring. It'll never come. We're just stuck in this fucking winter that'll never end. I remember, I honestly, I remember in like 2013 being like, you know, there's a chance it's not going to come out even next year. Yeah. Yeah. 10 years down the line. Yeah. That's mad. It's fucking, I can't get my head around it. So obviously Game of Thrones is finished, but there's, there's still two books to come out. You know, and imagine it's not happening. I know those books, if they if they ever do come out, are gonna be fucking amazing. I know they're gonna be good. Like I just know it. Like I all the extra detail that wasn't in the show we're gonna get and it's gonna be delicious. Um Yeah. But uh and it's gonna be different. Pray. It's gonna be different. Oh yeah, massively. Massively. He's even said that. George has even said that the ending is is essentially they, they had the bullet points, but all of the extra characters that they just fucking wrapped up. He said he would never have done it the way mm. they did it. You know what I mean? It's going to work in and the book, we'll like it doesn't work in the show. But the end result, it could make sense if we had any sort of there was any logic behind it. Whereas in the show, they Context. just went, well, we got we yeah. just got to end it. Um, but yeah, I don't think that we're ever going to yeah. get the books personally because I, I, why haven't I will, we got them now? We'll talk, we'll talk about George now. Yeah, I mean, we'll talk about George now because this is based on on Fire and Blood, which is a, it's an interesting read. I just actually finished it, and um, I was talking about this to, to Gareth off 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 mic, and I was like, "It's so." And Gareth read a bit of it as well, but it's so insight. Lucy, have you read it by the way? I've not. No, Fire and Blood. I think I just had a veto on all Game of Thrones stuff after the show ended. So it's 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 very encyclopedic. It's a maester recounting basically the targaryen history since conquest to up to um you know almost the events of the demise of the mad king so in, essentially you it's very factual it's very there's a lot of information a fuck ton of information a fuck ton of people that it's talking about and you've got to get your head around it it's like it took me quite a while to sort of get a basic grasp of of everything <laughs> and i still to this day it's like Someone recanting the history of the kings of England. Yeah, I have actually. Uh, I've got a book of that, Edward, and it is quite to, complex yeah. to be like. Yeah, they've all got similar names. Yeah, and 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 I think this show more than Game of Thrones, obviously, because for the first five seasons of Game of Thrones, at least, and even a bit of the sixth season, there was so much George material to adapt that it was so perfect that it translated really well. You know what I mean? Whereas I kind of think this show's got a lot of heavy lifting to do because there's no dialogue in this book, really. There's no sort of, you know, pageantry. There's no sort of, you know, it's very matter of fact. So a lot of these scenes with dialogue between characters is going to have to be completely fabricated, you know? And that, to me, is worrying. But unlike Game of Thrones, where George has admitted and it said this like last week, which was quite, it was quite a big statement. He he said he was left out of the loop for the last few seasons of Game of Thrones. And boy, you can fucking see it. Um, yeah. He is fully on board with this show and has been a heavy influence on a lot of it and has given it a singing endorsement about how he pictured it in his mind. So does that fill you with a bit more confidence? 
Is it a singing endorsement or a ringing endorsement? I do think it's ringing. I've had a whiskey. <laughs> we will change it to ringing endorsement. In post. Thank you. Thank you for pulling me up on that. Thanks. I could let it go, to but you had to had to call me out. So, uh, you know, thanks. What would Eamon Targaryen do? Yeah. Oh, what would the Targaryens do? I think burn me alive. My concern, not concern, <laughs> but if you look back at Game of Thrones, so the first season um, to like three or four, especially the first season, they weren't afraid to take their time to build the story because there was no assumed knowledge. Mm. There were people that had read the books, but most viewers are coming in not knowing anything. And they they were given the time, the money, whatever, to build the story, build the characters, so you kind of, you're eased into it. Now, my concern with this is that because people that are watching it have watched Game of Thrones, you, you would assume they're just going to be like, yeah, you know the deal with Targaryens, you know the deal with dragons, here we go, like straight into it. And I'm not saying there's anything wrong with that, but I don't want there to sort of sacrifice the plot and character development just because they assume this prior knowledge that we have going oh, yeah. into it. Especially if there's no text to say, this is really love the plot rather than just a list of events, you know? Hmm. I, I will say that in comparison to the sort of setup of Game of Thrones, if they have to do this, they, there's no way they can just throw you in with this because there are so many factors at play that lead up to this Targaryen civil war and so many characters. This is going to be really confusing. I think they have to nail... I think this is like a three-season show, mm. it seems to me. And this first season might be the setup. Like, um, you know, I'm not going to spoil what happens, but, you know, we'll talk about the characters in a minute, but there's like King Viserys the first... And then there's a, a question about who will be the heir to the Iron Throne. And he has to choose between his daughter and his brother. And then that sort of over the course of almost two decades um, until his demise, uh, there's so many interesting, intricate movements of those chess pieces like we love about Game of Thrones that completely shape things to come. And the Dance of the Dance of the Dragons, the Dance of Dragons, which is the Targaryen Civil War. So they have to set up all of these houses, all of these characters, all of these political motivations again. It feels like it's going to be kind of like season one of Game of Thrones to me, like just how I've seen in the, in the trailers and what I've read in the book. I mean, um, I, I, I'm not going to spoil anything, by the way, that this, you know, because and they might change stuff. Who knows? But uh, do, do you guys think they need to spend a whole season like setting up, getting to the brink of of war instead of just going straight into it do you want it to be like multiple seasons or do you, or do you it think depends it's like if it's good like kind of thing? you know you watch the first game of thrones and it's obviously excellent so you're invested and and there is that mass source material behind it whereas mm. with this I, it's it's difficult to say like you could do a good season and have it all not all wrapped up but mm. get progress the plot a lot within one season but it, it kind of depends on on the plot and and what happens and how long they should really take on it. So without knowing anything about it, I can't really say what I think they should do with it. You can't you can't just launch straight into a civil war, like without setting up any kind of care for it for the characters. Mm. So there does have to mm. be that building of um of of the characters. One thing that Game of Thrones did really well, and more so actually. A Song of Ice and Fire, the the books, is that characters weren't. It wasn't black and white, good and evil. This mm. is like mm. the probably the possibly the the best thing or the most kind of significant thing about George R R Martin's writing was that every character had had motivations that you understood whether you agreed with yep. them or you're on their side or not. Mm. They they were all mm. people who had genuine motivations that went beyond just wanting to take over the world. Like it, it went beyond that. Mm. Um, mm -hmm. And I think that's something they're going to have to, I'm really hoping they can do. And that would be a concern of mine as well. One thing that I'm a little bit worried about is that it might be a little more, straightforward in terms of who you're supposed to root for and who the villain is supposed to be. I, 
Yeah, I'll tell you what, that's a really good point because even reading Fire and Blood, like I told you, it's quite factual and there's uh, it recounts several different, you know, uh, maesters' interpretations of what was going on or maybe some gossip that was going on around the time. And what you don't get in that book is character motivation. Do you know mm. what I mean? Mm. We don't it's know. the facts. Like, um, yeah, it's just kind of the facts with a little bit of, a like a, li- a tiny sprinkling of like, why this person was doing something but it's not known because the beauty of game of thrones and the books the song of ice and fire is you get the chapters from the character's perspective you know even characters that we despise like cersei um and jamie at the start and um you know Tyrion, and you know we see these characters change and even though we hate cersei when you're reading feast of crows and you're in her head stuff makes sense Mm. yeah for her and they're going to have a huge job on their hands setting up these targaryens and and the interesting thing is this is the height of the targaryen rule there has never been more diluted targaryen blood there are so many fucking targaryens whether they're in house valyrian or they're in house baratheon or they're in house targaryen they're they've all been wedded off and you know incestually married to each other or whatever and there's just so many claims to power throughout this, like the most there's ever been. You know what I mean? If you think about Game of Thrones, you've got Danny and Viserys the third, you know, and that's it. <laughs> and then obviously we could talk about fake Aegon in, in the book context or whatever. But um, this is, they've got a big job on their hands to set up these characters. Because you're right, if they don't nail the sort of, the grey matter, I am I have a big worry about it. You know what I mean? Yeah, no, it's, 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 it's a definite it, challenge. I worry they're going to rely on the challenge. sort of cultural shorthand that we all have for like the Targaryens, like Daenerys, blonde hair, marrying your family, dragons. So you know that, so that's... I, I was, yeah. I, I would have loved it if they really lent into the purple eyes. You know what I yeah, mean? Yeah, it would look a bit I'd dumb though. It. Do you not I think? Mean, they just look a bit stupid. Yeah, maybe it would. But you know Twilight when they would have weird know. yellow eyes and it's like, you're ta- okay, this is taking okay. me out point, of the point show. Point taken, Lucy. All right. All right. Okay. <laughs> just All right. We'll just stick with the silver and blonde hair. Okay. We'll just stick with that. Um, the good news, I think, is that the showrunner is someone that we know very well from Game of Thrones. It's um, Miguel Sapochnik, who did... Uh, do you want to guess what episodes... Of Game of Thrones, he directed. I feel like I know. Um, Isn't it the Long Night? Okay, well you, throw, 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 yeah, he did the Long Night. He did that one. You want to throw one out there, Gareth? So the Long Night is uh, episode three, season eight, where you know the big battle at Winterfell. Oh shit! Is that the Long Night? That's the one I was thinking of. I couldn't remember what it was called. Um, all right. What's the? He did some absolute. So he he only started directing in like season five. He did the best episode of season five. The one at the wall. Hard home. Hard home. Hard home. Hmm. The one where they're trying to get all of the uh, wildlings the on the zombies. boats. And yeah. then the white walk. Because yeah. the white walkers yeah. are there. The, zom- the zombies. The zombies attack. That is a fucking, that's an intense um, episode. Oh, yeah. What a beautiful, what a great episode. He also did the Battle of the Bastards. Fantastic episode. I was going to guess the Battle right. of the Bastards. You... Uh, Could have, would have, should have. And some... And some people think an even better episode is the episode that follows that, the finale of season six, The Winds of Winter, which, you know, has the blowing up of the um, the Sept of Baylor. place in King's Landing, the, the Sept, the place Sept of Baylor, uh, but also <laughs> has, you know, Jon Snow, King of the North, the reveal of Jon Snow's heritage, all of that oh stuff. Oh, God, it's so it's good. Why great. did it go so bad? It's so mm. fucking it's good. Annoying. Like that episode and the music from Raman Dwadi in that episode. Oh, my word. It's it's unreal. Good news. He's back. He's back, baby. Dwadi's back. Yeah. So, all, all of that's good. Um, mm. But he's a showrunner. Sapochnik, I think, knows what's going down. And he's directing the the premiere. He's directing, like, two other episodes in that season. So you would hope that it's in very good hands. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, who are the Rices, though? Like, 
well, George is heavily involved. I think he's written two episodes, but I, I, don't hold me to that, dear listeners. I'm not 100%, but I think he's written two episodes and he's overseen a lot of it. Because, like we said, there's been no... There's no actual tangible dialogue that he is, you know, that, that, that they can translate of his. So I think he's had to be quite heavily involved. So That's one thing I will say is, you know, that that's good that's a good thing if he is involved but it also means like his current or his more recent slagging off of the last few seasons of of game of thrones and him saying but this one's better it's because he obviously has a vested interest like he he wants people to watch it and yeah i'm i'm caveating all of this with the fact that I am I'm looking forward to this and I do think it's going to be good I'm just not sure that Martin is the most uh, objective view mm. we should be taking yeah. on it um, that's true that's true it's better to have him involved though than D&D making up their own fucking scenes correct you know what I mean and characters so, oh my word and the way that characters die just ludicrous some of the shit Anyway, I mean, let's put it this way. If Jamie's storyline ends the way it does in the show that it does in the books, I'll be fucking There's just no smacked. way. I'll tell you that right now. Killed by Rob. There's no Oh my God, I'm so angry. I'm so oh, angry damn. just thinking about that. Oh my word. It's absolutely fucking Goes north anyway. to help the resistance and then it's like, well, I'm going yeah. back to Cersei. Why? Yeah. Doesn't make any sense. It doesn't make yeah. any sense. Have you have you seen that really, uh, I think it's a fan fan art drawing and it's of um it's of it's of a pregnant brienne or brienne uh with a little boy no. running around it's 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 a beautiful piece of fan art actually it's very well illustrated and it, i just sort of sit there and just my heart just jesus i, hate, I literally you know? hate that that um, happened oh yeah did, 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 we are still scarred books, we're definitely George, still scarred. please finish the books because we yeah. like George is a big listener. Do you remember when we... George loves us because I think... And this is going to be taken way out of context. I think I once described George as a pig rolling around in shit in one of our <laughs> previous podcasts. I don't know what the context was. Yeah, what was, was the context of that? So, I don't know. It was like... It was probably our second ever podcast. And I remember us all being in my little bedroom. And we had beers flying around, like not literally flying around, but we were like sloshing ale and whatever <laughs> around. And uh, I remember just saying the most ludicrous stuff, like there's no consequences to what we say. So, George, if you did listen to that, I'm very sorry. I don't mean it. It was in a nice, fun way. And I was a bit sloshed. Okay. Pigs so, are one of the most intelligent animals. Damn straight. In existence. So. Damn straight. Here, here's a question. A hundred pigs in a room for uh, do you think they will eventually finish game of thrones if we gave them typewriters it's difficult because of the trotters i feel like with That's monkeys yeah. they've got you know they've got fingers mm. got well, it, was, thumbs. it was the best of times it was the blurst of times God the damn. blurst of times <laughs> um, <sighs> what i will it's say is monkeys. it might not be quality but they would get it finished quicker than george has Oh my god! Yeah, you give them if you promise those pigs slop every, you know, four hours a day. I'd say they'd get it done. And that is the other thing about George sort of criticizing the end of Game of Thrones, which we all have. But it's like that is partially because you haven't finished the books, and if they had a proper guide of what to do, maybe it would have been better. Yeah. So maybe you should keep your mouth shut, mm, George. We talked about this at the. and this isn't a hate on the Game of Thrones situation because it's coming across that way, but we did talk about this on the finale um, podcast that we did. And we said how it is D&D's fault, but at the same time, they thought they would have all of the books by this mm, point. When they started, so, yeah. So imagine that. Game of Thrones became the biggest show on the planet by a mile. And then they were like, oh, George, you ready for the, you got that next book for us? He's like, oh, yeah, yeah don't worry. It's a couple of years down the line. And they're like, what the fuck? We need it now. We literally need it now. So he, they went over his house and got all those bullet points and the rest is history. And obviously it's he doesn't like, need uh, to like imagine... do it for the show. Like, well, you know, you owe it to the show. You have to finish it. But it is a bit like, oh, you can't complain that much about how it ended when you have not ended it yourself. 
and no, his, I, his I, I legacy, that. his his legacy, I feel is a bit tainted. If it, if it, if he never finishes it, people will remember that that is the, how the whole thing ends, and he doesn't want mm. that. I, um, no, I hope not. Um, I was going to say to you guys, uh, my big concern with this show as well was the amount of CGI dragon work that needs to be done. Mm. And it is There's a lot in the trailer. There's a lot in the trailer. Oh my word. So it all looks quite good though. It looks way, fine like to Danny, me. Yeah. And and you've got to think, when people release trailers, they usually release it with like the visual effects at like 70-80% of their full capacity, because they they're still touching them up. All those shots, doing the grading. Um so I do think it's going to be better than what you see in the trailers, but this is the height of the Targaryen rule. There are dragons everywhere. Like the Dance of Dragons, that Civil War, is literally about a fight in the sky, you know, multiple battles over the sky with Targaryen on Targaryen uh, dragon fighting. And uh, I am slightly concerned about the fidelity because we heard how much went into the getting Danny's three dragons looking amazing. And don't get me wrong, like Field of Fire, that battle and some of the stuff that we see with the dragons is absolutely astonishing. Um, but imagine they've got to do that for like 20 dragons fighting simultaneously at some point. I think it's, it's also, two, it's the dragons three. have always looked good. It's the people riding them that makes it look a bit shonky sometimes. And if that's what we're going yep. to be seeing yep. in this, like the dragon riders, that's where they could come unstuck. But I don't know. Like you said, it, you know, you don't really watch Game of Thrones or whatever for the dragons. It is for the sort of the political intrigue. So I'm hoping that even if it is bad, it doesn't. It doesn't look bad to me. I've got no reason to believe it will be. But hopefully, the plot will be strong enough to kind of override that. Mm. And I think, um, like when we watch Game of Thrones, the dragons were so mystical. It was like, and for every character, because the dragons have been gone for about hundred fifty years at that point. Um, everyone was like, "Oh my god." dragons and that amazement like not just from us but it transferred to the characters you know what i mean whereas in this dragons are commonplace like obviously no other house tied to the targaryens has one unless they are diluted targaryen blood but it it it, they're everywhere people see them you know all the time you know they ride their dragons into battle to siege castles to take to destroy ships to take land whatever they need to do you know so it's going to be interesting pick up to the groceries. Yeah, get the groceries from the supermarket. Good point, Gareth. Pick crops. Um, you know all that sort of all that jazz. So here's a question. Uh, so we know there's some famous dragons that we've heard uh, mentions of in uh, the books. Obviously, we're not getting Beleriand the Dread because uh, he died uh, about. 30 years before this happened uh, and we're not getting some of those other ancient dragons but we do have ones like Syrax, Arax and Vagar, which have been mentioned in the other books and um, there's a few more that are mentioned you know that's what I like about George's work we, we've heard about the Dance of Dragons quite a lot even if you haven't read Fire and Blood it's, it's referenced quite a few times um, what would your guys' dragon be called if you could call it anything that you want hmm that is yeah does it need to be sort of Game of Thronesy, like Targaryen esque name? Well, I would say you couldn't call it Phil or something because that'd be a bit mental. Phil, Phil. Colin, Philgar. Yes. Name it. Name it after yeah. my dad. I, I'll start. My, mine would be Lensax. How's oh, that? Lensax. Yeah. And Lensax. Sounds like an antidepressant. <laughs> and my bow. <laughs> <laughs> I'm calling mine and my bow then. And my bow. <laughs> okay and my bow. so Len's axe and my bow and Gaz's and my sword no, mine's, mine's Colin after my dad okay. okay nice so Colin and my bow and Len's axe <laughs> um, what would Emma and John's be called John's would be don't care Emma's, Emma's would John, be John's would just e- be don't misery care's axe. Yeah. Mi- misery axe misery axe misery axe is quite yeah. cool actually misery axe misery axe is cool mm, yeah. i want that misery axe emma's would be spectacular uh... axe. <laughs> 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 they've got cooler names than we have that's not fair. well spectacular axe is also hey. like 
a magician's hey. assistant or like. a laxative. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> 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 Emma just. Sorry, Emma. Riding a laxative into battle. <laughs> so is what it is. And then John just John's dragon is like so grumpy, just like fucking. It's got like a permanent bulldog's face. It can't even bother to fly. It's just like, yeah. yeah. No. What are you doing here, anyway? <laughs> oh dear. Um, well, let's just go through the cast, guys, because I—I tell you what, there's some actually some good actors in here. Mm. All right. So one of my favourite actors, I will say, and my favourite Doctor Who is Matt Smith. And he's one of your favourite actors. I think he's. <laughs> for Doctor Who, oh, it's a big okay. claim. It, I was like, no, I mean, you, you said no, no, one, one of your favorite actors yeah. and your um, favorite Doctor yeah. Who. Yeah. No, no, no. Okay, let me rephrase that. One of my favorite actors who's ever played Doctor Who. How about that? <laughs> he and probably, my, probably my favorite uh, Doctor is 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 Matt Smith. He is Damon Targaryen, who is a huge part of this show. Mm. Basically, one of the main antagonists. Um, Got elements in him like some say he's like Magor the Cruel in terms of some of the stuff that he people fear the fact that he might one day rule the Seven Kingdoms. So that's quite interesting. Um, he's going to be a very roguish prince, which I quite like. Uh, do you guys like Matt Smith? I saw him in a pub in Kentish Town once and he was wearing a bright pink beanie. Oh, yeah. Yep. He held the door open for Aww, me to leave, so lovely. I think he's great. Uh, makes a good Prince Philip. Probably not my favourite Prince Philip, because my favourite Prince Philip is um, your man, what's his name? He was in Game of Thrones. Catelyn's yep. brother, what's yeah. his name? Uh, yeah, Proper weakling. Edmure. I'm talking about the crown. Yeah, but what, and he's Prince Philip. Yeah, I um, know. Tobias mm. Menzies. Oh, very good. He's my favourite oh, um, Prince name. Philip. But anyway, yeah, Matt Smith, he's got the look, hasn't he? He's a weird-looking fellow, but he's very distinctive. Yes, he is. And he does look like he yeah, could be the product mm. of generations of inbreeding. Like, I'm not being rude, but he's got that kind <laughs> of... Fuck me. Yeah. Right. It's a good thing, Matt. That's why people listen to this podcast. We are not afraid to say it like the it is. The hard truths. All right. No, but so, he, he's, he's striking and like weird-looking. rolling around in his own muck and... Matt Smith is Gareth, you're allowed to swear. Possibly. You're allowed to swear, mate. I'm not hey? saying he is the product. It's just, it's believable that he is the product of generations of inbreeding. He's got that kind of... <laughs> Whereas, you know, lovely um, lovely Daenerys is just, you know, you, you don't look like you've... The gene pool's small for you. Mm. You know what I mean. Mm. Sorry, Matt. True that. I know what you mean. But he's a good actor. He is. He is a good actor. And I think... It's a good choice. They've they've again sort of like Game of Thrones, maybe not so much, but got actors that are well known without being like stars, and that's kind of that helps, doesn't it? Because you you are seeing the character rather than oh, it's it's you know George Clooney, for example. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, yeah, Matt Smith's good. Not my favourite Doctor Who uh, of all time. Who's your favourite Doctor Who of all time? Um, who's that yours? goes to Mister David Tennant. Um, but Ooh. I will say... Yeah, second best one. I, I, I really liked it as Prince Philip, actually, in the cat. Very good. His energy in that role is just so good. He made him seem um, like a fun guy. Yeah. And a bit of a dick, <laughs> bit of a bit guy. of a bad husband. But I was like, yeah, I, I get I get why the Queen would love you. Let's do a crown podcast. Just a product of his own time, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, but, um, yeah, he, he's good. He's good. He's a really good actor. Um, and he, sh- he should... Um, he it would be perfect for this. Uh, Paddy Considine, love Paddy well. Considine. Yep, he's he is a great actor. King Viserys the first. So, so King Viserys is essentially, I think, and I think this season will go the way of the whole season will hopefully involve Viserys up until the end, and then he dies. And then you know, everyone dies. So there's no spoiler there. Uh, just of an old age situation, <laughs> and then that's when the question of succession comes into play oh can we talk about succession oh great show (laughs) i forgot to tell you that i'm watching oh you started it it. oh you've watched it all i finished it all done so good isn't it brilliant that's why can't wait till that comes so good we should do a succession pod when it's back yeah i told gaz for ages to watch it lucy didn't listen it's hard when someone's like you love it you love it you're like oh stop putting pressure on me i did love it um 
So, yeah, he's playing King Viserys, Paddy Constantine. And I think it's it's going to be... Because Viserys is quite like a, a weak-willed king. Like, he's not like... He, he's kind of... He has some strong moments. He's a nice he's guy. malleable. Sounds nice guy. To me. He's a nice king. He wrote... He rules for like 40 years. Is it 30 years? Something along those lines. So he's, um, you know, he's an old hand. Like that's a long time for a king. He'd be known you know, as Viserion yeah. the, the ambivalent. Hmm. Viserys. Viserys the, the, the meat. Yeah, Sorry, yeah he's not a dragon. Was, um, yeah. <laughs> Just add Eon onto everything. <laughs> yeah. Viserion. Um, yeah. And before him was Jaehaerys. And Jaehaerys ruled for like 60 years or 50 or something. So he was like... He was like the absolute peacetime, you know what I mean. Mm. So, the 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 rule of the series is quite peaceful, but there are so many like moving parts behind the scenes, especially with this question of succession, which leads to the civil <laughs> war. So this is the beginning of the end of the Targaryens, the beginning of the end of the height of the Targaryens. If you get what why I mean. is there a They're question of the succession if he has a daughter? Ah. Is it just because of sexism? Ah, that's a good question. Yeah, so the way might, of the they, world. They, oh, it does say that in the trailer. So the, not a good the, excuse. The way the Targaryens always did succession was by a male heir. So there's a big council that's actually held, I think, during Jaehaerys's reign uh, at Harrenhal, where every single lord of like Westeros goes there, and the king actually doesn't attend, but he says to everyone because there's a question of succession during his reign about who should be my heir and they fought all of the lords vote and they fall down on the fact that it has to be the next male heir available like whether it's your son or a brother or whatever before it be a female heir mm. and the the interesting thing here is here is like Viserys's daughter uh Rhaenyra Targaryen he loves and adores all right so he kind of goes against this council that happened like 20 years ago and sort of proclaims that she's the heir apparent to the throne. And that is where there is going to be right, the start okay. of these fractures of civil war. So it, it's it, there's going to have to be a bit of setup. You know what I mean? The interesting thing is that they have got two actresses playing uh, Rhaenyra Targaryen, mm-hmm. which is which is good because it means it's going to show... Over the course of this season, there's going to be several decades at play. Yeah. Mm. You know, they're going to show her as a young girl when she's very close to her father. And then they're going to see, you're going to start seeing her as a queen, a, a, a queen apparent, you know, an heir to being the queen of the of the seven kingdoms and how she becomes very strong willed. You know what I mean? And you see this, these, these sort of, two sides of Targaryens sort of open up. So that's going to be really interesting. But I, I think the, I think the cast looks really good. I think it's uh, it's a lot of British actors again, guys. So repping the British squad. That's what we need. You know? We're the best. Yeah. Although, We're the bloody best. There's a Get few like, weird accents, I think. Yep. Because, um, yep. you know, well, the, the Targaryens, you, they, they, are, they are kind of relatively recently foreigners to Westeros. Mm. Um so they haven't mm. got that common that common tongue accent and you know in in Game of Thrones it is it's basically the accents of Northern, the UK. Like um, Yeah, North England, mm. yeah. South England. Exactly. <laughs> Birmingham. Birmingham's not in there, Gareth. No, yeah, no. <laughs> we haven't got any scousers in there either. No. That, that didn't happen in That'd Game be the phrase. Um, I reckon the Birmingham Accent be the phrase. What do you yeah, think? I think so. Oh, yeah, weird, sorry, but... Birmingham. Fucking You've phrase. had a lot of good so stuff recently. Christ. But now you're the phrase. Mm. <laughs> mm-hmm. Congrats the phrase. on the Commonwealth Games, but also you're the phrase. You are the house fray. <laughs> yeah. Um, have you guys got any more thoughts on House of the Dragon that you want to you want to share to the audience before we let them know how we're going to be covering? Uh, this new HBO endeavor. Mm, I saw I... there's someone in the cast called Jason Lannister. That made me laugh. <clears throat> that was my point. Is that his actual name? Just the character is called Jason Lannister. Name? I'm like, 
I know that name. Yeah, Jason. I, I don't remember hearing yeah. of a Jason Lannister. Jason it's Lannister. Yeah. Lannister. Not even. That's weird. Not even with a Y That's or weird. anything. Jason. It's just Jason. Um, Jason Lannister and his best mate Gary Targaryen. Hmm. <laughs> no, it, I mean I'm looking forward to watching it. I think um, I hope it can just like put itself apart from Game of Thrones and stand on its own as something different. But yeah, it looks good to me. I'm looking forward to it. Gareth? Yeah, I think, like, I know it's still a complex web that needs to be woven here, but it it should be should be more straightforward in a way, like in terms of linear um, elements to it. And um, it's more insular looking. It, it should be more focused and insular. It's it's about one mm. family really, which. Um, mm-hmm. I think is mm-hmm. I think will be a, a good thing for a sort of shorter version of a Game of Thrones series. So, um, yeah, 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 we're not going across to Esso. I, I don't think we're going to be going across to like Essos, for example. There are mentions of it, but I think this is going to be Westeros, Dragonstone, maybe some islands just off uh, Westeros, um, but mainly around King's Landing. Uh, and maybe the, to the Vale a little bit, you know, there's going to be like that. I doubt we're even going to see much of the Northmen. You know what I mean? Yeah, no. I think this is this is going to be kind of a southern affair. So it's going to be interesting. Like, there's some really good characters in there. Like, um, you've got the High Towers are going to be in there. Mm. The House Valerion's going to be in there. So it, it gets really interesting. And seeing how these houses divide themselves up is going to be... I think it's gonna, the politics thing that we loved about season one, those small political manoeuvres, I think they're going to be back, which I, I'm really looking forward to. So, yeah, I think it's just good to have the gang back together talking about something that we love talking about, having some drinks, having a bit of fun. So the way we're going to do this show... How are we going to do it? Is how are we going to do it? Me and Gareth, every time the episode airs so quite soon after within you know within that day we'll have an instant reaction of just me and gareth talking about the episode for say 20 minutes of just what we think not too spoiler heavy not too in depth it's a literal instant reaction we've just finished watching the episode and then we're going to talk about it a bit rough around the edges. And then about very rough around the edges don't judge us but we just want to get our thoughts across on the episode and then about a day or two days later depending on what time zone you're in. So it could be your Tuesday or it could be your Wednesday. Um, US listeners, it will probably be Tuesday. Uh, UK will probably be Wednesday. And Australia will definitely be Wednesday. Um, You will have access to our in-depth review, which will feature at least three of us every week, hopefully sometimes four. And in the rare occasion that we're all available to do it, five. Um, So that is the way we're going to cover the show. So it's very comprehensive. You'll get an instant take. So if you really need to hear our thoughts straight away, we'll be there. And then we're going to come at you with all the history, uh, how that relates to Game of Thrones, things that we've heard of in the you know the Game of Thrones books about these events. So it's going to be really good. Um, so tune in. Please do subscribe. Uh, you can go to patreon.com forward slash fancritical and donate some lovely monies to help us create content like this um covering the shows that you love and we love because without your guys support we wouldn't even bother doing it so please do if you if you can spare any cash on a monthly basis you will get some added benefits um we were thinking about making the instant podcast a patreon only exclusive but then we thought nah we this is a global show we want to make it open to everyone you know so but any thoughts guys but you know join the patreon anyway because but yeah. d- definitely join the Patreon. No, that's that's just yeah. true. Because we do every Patreon, we love you and we thank you so much for your donations. And it, it does not go unnoticed. It, it it really does mean a lot to us. So thank you so much. Um, and that's all, really, guys. I look forward to having you two back on with Grumpy John. What was his What was his uh, what Was his little dragon called? Miserax. Very good name. And then, uh, what the fuck was Emma's called? Spectacular. Spectacular. I want to change my dragon's name. I'm going to think of one, and by the next podcast, no, 
And my bow was just a, a runaway joke, you know. It was just off the cuff. Yeah. And my bow axe. <laughs> and my bow axe. Yeah, and my bow axe is a bit better. And, and my bowian. This is ridiculous. Um, yeah, well, Len's axe isn't changing. He's there. He's also a form of laxative in a way. Len's axe does sound quite laxative. And the most powerful of them Maybe. all, Colin. Colin. <laughs> Fear Colin him, axe. for he is the biggest dragon that's ever existed. Uh, Colin the Dread, in a way. So, um, sort of the opposite thanks, of guys. Dad, we really, hope... isn't it? <laughs> Very much so. Colin, the loveliest of the dragons. Yeah. <laughs> um, we will be back next week with our instant take and then in-depth review of episode one of House of the Dragon. Thank you for returning to Bastards and Broken Things. And don't forget, spread the word, share it out there, get people subscribing uh, to either Fan Critical or Bastards and Broken Things. Thank you very much, Lord Evans. Thank you, Lord. Thanks, Leonard. Lady Baron. Thank you. Thank you, Len. <laughs> Len. <laughs> no worries. And uh, Len, Len, Len of the Wise. House Len. Yeah, so <laughs> Len of House Len, first of his name. <laughs> uh, we will catch you next week. See you later, Bye. guys. Bye.